So how, on God's gray earth, did this... And this... And even this... Become this. Detours and Outliers, the podcast where we take a closer look at that one album that sticks out like a sore thumb in an artist's discography. Might be their best album, it might be their worst album, but either way, it's that one album where the artist was so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Just a reminder, we are on Facebook and Stitcher and all sorts of things on your computer, so click or press like or you know lick it with your tongue whatever you're supposed to do i'm not quite sure how computers work but um yes if you could do that we would be grateful and uh this week on the podcast we have logan renard matthew marr and i'm scott livingston and we have a special special guest this week from the lollygags guitarist and vocalist jonathan snyder say hello hello thanks for having me guys you're welcome now, this is an album you brought to our attention. I was unfamiliar with it. So this week we're going to be talking about Stoned and Dethroned. So by the Jesus and Mary Jane. That's right. Yeah, as opposed to just Jesus. Mm-hmm. So um, I guess we'll start with who or what are the Jesus and Mary Chain? Well, the Jesus and Mary Chain are a, uh, they're two brothers from North Kilbride, Scotland, known for uh, fighting, beating each other up. And this was a decade before the Gallagher brothers, just yeah. a little bit south of them. So uh, they're ahead of their times in many ways. So that's where they got their stick from. I yeah. think so. And they ripped everything off <laughs> yeah, the Gallagher really. brothers. <laughs> Not just the Beatles. No. Yeah. But uh, if they're no, what's interesting is they're really known for, uh, I guess, being like kind of shoegazy pioneers. Their very first album, Psycho Candy, that kind of set the template for a lot of that, which is what makes this album so interesting. It's their uh, fifth, I believe, and it's uh, kind of more acoustic-y and more uh, soft, but it still has a lot of their kind of droney, Jesus Mary Chain qualities. For me, it's weird, because I'd known them um, 
through soundtracks and such as yeah. a kid growing up, like uh, the Crow soundtrack and some other like compilations I got. Then uh, this was the first album of theirs I really got into, so I kind of did it backwards. And by the time I got into Psycho Candy, sounds nothing like this. And I was like, "What? This is what this is what this band sounds like." Yeah, yeah. I remember like listening to the Jesus and Mary Chain, their earlier stuff, and it reminded me of like Bauhaus or The Cure or oh, yeah. something like that. It's sort of very The Cure e in their yeah, and there's a lot of fuzzed out, mm-hmm. a lot of lot of chorus pedal. Known for that. Yeah. I always thought, though, underneath, because everyone always associates that shoegaziness with that kind of, uh, just more of that vibe, which is cool. But I thought, like, underneath that, they always had really good songs, really good hooks, too, I think, which really, and that really shows on this album. Yeah. Well, that was one of the things I kept reading about them. Like, well, they, they play like the Velvet Underground, but they write like the Beach Boys. So. There you go. Yeah. They have like a, there's a really strong pop sensibility. Yeah. Or focus on songwriting. That's. Mm-hmm. Very accessible, but I don't mean that in a in a shitty way. <laughs> not just not just about the noise. Yeah, yeah and they were probably a bit of um, pioneers as well, right? In that, in like you were saying with the shoegazer genre. Mm-hmm. I mean, because you do have bands that come out like Echo and the Bunnymen and Love and Rockets and um, stuff like that, which is you know kind of in the same ballpark, I guess, is is this this sort of thing. Yeah, their first Definitely. album came out in what, like eighty eighty five. Yeah, I so I mean they were they were fairly cutting edge at the start, and by the time this one came out, it's like ten years later or so. Yeah, so about that. they've had a career, and they're like, trying to decide whether to keep going with something new or go back to what they're known for or whatnot. Because mm-hmm. I think they have one more after that, and then just sort of disappeared for like twenty years. Well, two more, but there was about. 12 years between them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like they, 20 uh, about, but yeah, really. They're from Scotland. Are they, are they stationed in Scotland? Do they, are they, have they moved to the United States? You Does know, someone... uh, from what I know, the guitar player, uh, I think William Reed is a guitar player. He lives in Los Angeles. I know through just kind of stories about, Oh, I met him here. This, that kind yeah. of stuff. I think the other brother, Jim, I think he lives in uh, Scotland too, but eh, probably go between them. I, I know they still have some Scot- Scottish. Yeah. Uh, they have to travel to fight. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Well, I really I'm, mean yeah. it. I'm <laughs> asking because uh, I was in. Uh, this was in the uh, late '80s, early '90s. Uh, I, w- I was um, in graduate school and gradual school in upstate New York, and and uh, it seemed like every other week it was probably maybe twice a year you'd hear uh, you know the Jesus and Mary Chain coming to Ithaca, New York, or something like this, you know, and and uh, so they must have been touring pretty heavy around around the er- you know early nineties kind of. Oh, era. I know they did. Like uh, right before this album came out, I know they were on Lollapalooza, and uh, yeah, always came through. I saw them open for Nine Inch Nails last summer at Red Rocks. And or it was late, and eh, maybe technically fall. You know how they do things up there now. But uh, and it was really funny because somebody pointed out that uh, there was a tour in the late '80s or maybe 1990 where uh, Nine Inch Nails opened for Jesus and Mary Chain. Huh, yeah. So they've been around. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, uh, um, yeah, they. I think they were very big on the the college circuit. Yeah. Right. Oh yeah. yeah. Ah, college radio. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when I first heard this album described, I'm like, ooh, acoustic mid-90s, were they aiming for like getting on Unplugged or something? <laughs> but listening to it, it's it's just more acoustic than their usual stuff. It's not like all acoustic exactly. by any stretch. I mean, yeah, the, what I read was that they intended to make an acoustic album. And at least in an in interview, one of the brothers said, um, 
Well, we, we were going to make an acoustic album. We just couldn't do enough interesting things with an acoustic guitar, so we... <laughs> well, I think it's a good medium. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, it's better not to force it if you can't well, do right. it. Yes. Yeah, you want to keep it interesting. Well, yeah. in the 90s, there's kind of this uh, push for I would, stuff like Counting Crows or something mm-hmm. like that comes to mind. Even Hootie and the Blowfish, where it's a little... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I'm scared. It, it's a little bit like, hand. It, it, it's like rock and roll, but it has a folksy kind of right, yeah. Uh, yeah. element to it that they're trying to impart with either instrumentation or, or vibe or whatever. And I, the thing that I liked about this album a lot, and I had, I guess I've heard some songs off of this before, so I, I knew what I was getting into, but at first I was a little bit worried as Scott was. <laughs> um, but these guys really use the acoustic instruments and things like that for uh, a jangliness that I think is very, you know, mod and very, you know, very kind of Britpop sounding more than folksy. Like there's no banjo on here to kind of, you know. Some of the songwriting is, is folksy, right? But I I don't think, I don't think the sound really is. No. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I appreciated that and it's, they use, the instrumentation to kind of emphasize a thing that they already do really well. And that's cool. And I think if you weren't really paying attention, you might not notice. I think, you know, hardcore JAMC fans probably were like, what is just going on here? But the casual listeners just like, eh, whatever. If if you're not really a musician or anything, you just sort of register this one as being a little bit more down tempo than some of the other stuff. What always blew my mind, though, is I remember uh, right around the time I was getting more and more into music as, like, uh, in my early teens, this album was out because I remember they played the Come On on, G- on uh, KBCO and stuff, and I remember yeah. the music video on Beavis and Butthead. So it wasn't, like, totally... It, it wasn't knew obscure. About this. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't, like, so obscure, but just as time went on, it's just become blanketed, and, like, I was new... I They weren't the most popular band, but I always thought they, people knew who they were, but as time went on, oh, it seems like only music fans new or like you'd say the name people like what kind of name is that no you know yeah i mean i i I asked my friend rachel this morning like what do you think of them like well that does sound like a band name yeah (laughs) like okay they they definitely have a i mean i can i can hear any of these songs being played right next to uh, a violent femmes classic violent femmes song or something there's a Mm -hmm. there's a radio rock college rock kind of thing from the late 80s early 90s that this just fits right in with um whether they were trying to cash in or not i don't Mm. know but it definitely uh fits in with a thing that was going on and and was prevalent and this is a uh, this is a christian rock band right oh yes absolutely well with the name i mean you know i I mean most people don't know that that Mm -hmm. jesus's last name was chain but yes yes, they were so what's what's the origin of the name does anyone know i over the years, I've kind of tried looking that up, but I'm not still not entirely sure. <laughs> it's it's one of those things that yeah. I heard I heard something that maybe it was um, maybe it was like some prize you won in a cereal box maybe or something along those lines or oh, or, wow. or it was an ad in a you know a magazine or something for a Jesus and Mary chain that uh, you could buy and wear right. There you, know. you go, like a rosary. Okay. Right, right, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, that would make sense. Yeah, I was but, gonna um, say, yeah, who knows. Well, and so I think I could see doing that. It's like, oh, that's a band name right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And apparently, the part of this was also they they much like uh, next week's episode. They wanted to prove that they were musicians again. The last few records, they've been, you know, all the bass was played on a synth, all the exactly. drums were on a drum machine. So they wanted mm-hmm. to they have a real. 
bass player and a real drummer, the same drummer oh, yeah. on their first album that they hadn't seen. And it sounded yeah, like they exactly. played as a band in the studio. As yeah, well, it does right? yeah, have a very cool. live sound. I mean, you know, not live in front of an audience, but yeah, live. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. Well, I don't share the same '90s nostalgia that some of my my uh, uh, people of my age group are now uh, really. You know, no, you're not digging into, on Smash Mouth again. No, going back no, and, uh, nope, nope. No. Uh, Somebody once told me but, <laughs> the world was going to roll. Soon me. As you're done. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, I, I don't. Ha- I haven't succumbed to the '90s nostalgia yet. There are elements of this that I really like that I wish would come back to pop, popular music. Yeah. Now, we're, again, the the down tempo thing that's still kind of intense and. I wouldn't say menacing, but it's engaging and it's good while not being like outright raging or overly busy. Like I like that you can have a, I mean, the Velvet Underground is a great example. I like that you can have a song that's like one chord for four minutes and it's awesome. Yeah. Start to finish. Um, I think that's more difficult to pull off than people think. Um, And so, yeah. Well, it's it's not that difficult to pull off. It's difficult to pull off. And have the audience give a yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> I've seen plenty of bands in my <laughs> time too. that have played one chord, and um, I yeah, I, not yeah. everybody can get away with it. No, yeah, for sure. yeah. Oh, and I've shown this. Uh, you know, tried to cover so, like songs by these guys. My band, we cover uh, yeah, sometimes, I, always. I played it with you. It, yes, that's right. We'll, we'll we'll get to that when we get to that song. But that, it's like the surfing bird of of, uh, <laughs> of shoegaze because there's one change in it. It's like three minutes into the song and pretty much. And, uh, man, it's really easy to screw that up and, and take <laughs> the song if you're not paying uh, attention. So you'll fall asleep. Sleep. Yeah, I remember learning or trying to learn trying to learn surfing bird and listening wait there's nothing happens it's the same thing oh it happens you <laughs> just gotta yeah, be yeah, right, right. Right. That's yeah. Right. you better hope everybody else does it at the same time <laughs> but uh just yeah this, this kind of vibes learning i remember early on logan can do it you know you, you yeah. can ask him to do the uh the surfing bird stuff or the uh crazy less claypool stuff he's a He's the base, whatever you need. But I've had people like trying to show them, and you know, they're very accomplished musicians, yeah. but they could not get it down because it's just like one or two chords. But it's like grooving on that. It's actually it's an art. You know, you got to really feel it. It's a difficult thing to be um, mellow but intense at the same time mm-hmm. musically. It's not a well. It also requires a certain amount of humility to be like, I don't need to show off right now. I just need to play G for the next yeah, yeah. two and a half minutes. And serve the serve the tune. Yeah. You know, well, and a lot of the the bass playing and the and the guitar that's functioning as kind of rhythm like re- accompaniment guitar on this reminds me a lot of like you know, Neil Young's on the beach or something like that. It's pretty greasy and even though it's simple, it's it's not polished. It's like right right in the pocket, and you can yeah. tell that it was performed by by human beings with you know wooden instruments with metal strings on them and stuff. <laughs> you know, which is. What are those? Grandpa yeah. guitars. Yeah, yeah. grandpa guitars. Oh, you can hum, they're really easy, but you can like hum all those melodies or sing all those melodies. Yeah. yeah. Well, shall we dig into the album? There oh, are less. 17 tracks, there's so yeah. I mean, despite the fact that there's 17 tracks, it is less than 48 minutes long and I appreciate yeah, that. I, I mean, that, it actually well. came out on vinyl at the time, so you know. Usually but, when I see like this many tracks now, I just get become nervous and like, oh no, is this going to be like is going to yeah. work out? But yeah, this one goes down very easily and think, it's uh, every every track is great. Yeah, I think the longest songs on here like 334 or something. About that. And the first song is uh, Dirty Water. 
Yeah, this has the tone for this album because uh, a lot of these breakup songs, you know, and just it, kinda... yeah. I was gonna say it's a as one expects from an acoustic album, whether it's Beck's Sea Change or Blood on the Tracks. It's an album about a divorce or a There's breakup. Something happened. Yeah, yeah, somebody's hurt. I, I can only assume it sounds like Jim Reed or somebody was going through something on this. But every time I try to read more and more about this album, I can't find these are uh, fairly secretive guys. They were known for being difficult to interview and not really, uh, you know, forthcoming. Yeah, not the and you can hear that in their music for yeah. sure. Who's the singer? Which one's the singer? Uh, Jim. Jim. Yeah. Jim. This song's written by Will, though the the other Reed brother. Most of them, I think, are written by Will. Yeah, I think so. So there's another Gallagher connection. There you go. Yes. Yeah. All I can think of is the Mr. Show sketch where they're making fun of the Gallagher brothers. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. Feel squishy. <laughs> Those Gallaghers. Well, it's better than the actual Gallagher and his brother, but that's a whole other issue. <laughs> Those two never actually performed on stage together. No, no, share, but so, uh, Nolan Liam had a step above those two. Yeah, and I mean that—that that is the one song that has any like harmonica and slide guitar on it. So it's the most, you know, Americana, mm-hmm. Mumford and Sons, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm you know, I'm glad the whole album is not. That. Like that, right? Yes. Yeah, you know, it's okay that this is, but yeah. if the whole album was that, it would get dull. Well, and that's always a problem when you're making a deliberately something album is that all the songs will be the same. That and they, thing, they do, yeah. yeah. I mean, there. I think 17 tracks may have been a bit much, but it, you know, considering it doesn't, it's not as bad as you know some albums. Oh yeah, exactly. But, but it was Especially it was issued. Era. All seventeen were issued on an LP, weren't they? Yeah, I they think were. like you know eight songs on one side and nine on another. So I mean, mm-hmm. that's the advantage of writing short songs. Yeah, yeah shit on the Minutemen. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> there are always people who do Tarkus, and there's always people who yeah do the Minutemen, and most of us are somewhere in that vast right. chasm. <laughs> Don't repeat yourself. Yes. But yeah, it's a it's a pleasant. You know, it's a good opener. You know. Definitely. Got me in it. When I first time I heard it, I was like, all right, okay. I mean, not what you would expect if you were familiar with their stuff up to this point. But yeah, no, that, no howling feedback. and Yeah. I mean, the electric guitar mm-hmm. has some distortion on it, but it's pretty clean. I mean, the, uh, the one before this uh, album was Honey's Dead, which the opener was Reverence. Pretty well-known song. Opening line was, I want to die just like Jesus Christ. So I think you know, this, this takes you in a little different. You know, starts yeah. off in a different tone, I'd say. Well, and it, it, it's the right tone. I mean, you don't want to lie to people on your first track. No, no, that's... Uh, yeah. Gotta, gotta earn the audience's trust. Get them on your side. Exactly. Well, shall we move on to the, uh, the next one? Let's do this. Fuck with me and I'll fuck with you. Isn't that, that what, what we're supposed, supposed to do? <laughs> All right, this one is Bullet Lovers, which I'm hoping is a metaphor and not literal. Something heavy was going on with one of these guys or both of these guys. Yeah. So it's kind of a bit like that uh, 
Exile on Main Street or Rumors vibe from the 70s. Yeah. There's a lot of that on this album, just like sitting down, man. Bummer. Yeah, Yeah, I I can see that. Get away from all this, and oh man, feeling like a stranger in my hometown. Need to get in touch with my Generation X roots. For, for an album that's so much of a bummer, though, most of the songs aren't actually sad, though. No, it, really, just kind of... Yeah, some of them are a little pissed off to angry, but not irate. Mm-mm. You know, some of them are a little celebratory, but not, you know, with a tinge of regrets. I mean, nothing's terribly... It sounds like by the time he wrote these songs or recorded the album, he'd already gone, he'd accepted, if not gotten yeah. past that stage. I was going to say, if this so. wasn't right after the breakup. This was like two, three years after said breakup. I think that's pretty breakup. good timing, yeah. I mean, I've... I think he's dating Hope Sandoval, who yeah, we will hear at this point. in a few songs or so. So, uh, do we do we see any theme developing yet? It does seem a lot of you know. You weren't that great for me. I'm glad you're gone. Mm-hmm. I think is the general consensus of at least the first two sets of lyrics. And a bit of that, like, yeah, I know, I'm kind of a piece of shit type thing. You know? Yeah, you should that. have known better than to date me. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm single. <laughs> <laughs> Back on the market, ladies. This next, speaking of single or not so much, this next one is the the one that has Hope Sandoval, which you probably know best as Mazzy Star, mm-hmm. who you probably know best as Fade Into You, and that's about it. Yeah. <laughs> but and it is the most popular song on this album on iTunes. Yes, it was the uh, single. I think there's a video. That's, there is. You know, just the three of them sitting in a bar, I think. But uh, that's pretty much it, yeah. Yeah, you know, Which, uh, for the, if you've watched their, old, their older videos, that's pretty That's pretty intense for usually just yeah. some guys standing around playing, you know? Yep. That was sort of their thing, though, is they weren't, like, doing Hendrix fireballs and no. Pete Townsend windmills. They were, like, standing still, sort of literally I, gazing at their shoes. I can't see November Rain-style video production for anything no, these so. guys would ever do. I, I agree. Uh, you know, as we listen talking about Mazzy Star, I think about it. Mazzy Star kind of set a good template for what this album is because they were they were always associated with that shoegaziness, but they also had really good songs, and there was yeah. always that acoustic-driven stuff where yeah. they had a foot in that shoegaze door, but they were also you know very much that '90s alt stuff and the whole. Yeah. Uh, uh, if you're into women with acoustic guitars, Lilith and, Fair. Yes, yeah. she even had a foot in there. I think. Not that I don't think they were on Lilith Fair, but but yeah, but that sort of vibe of mm-hmm. yeah. If you like that, you, per, you there's yeah. a good chance you Paula listen to Paul Cole and Star. Lucinda Williams and stuff exactly. like that. I mean, it's I, not quite country, but you know, mm-hmm. they wouldn't boo you off at the Grand Old Opry like no, some no. bands. Yeah. <laughs> Drumbeat is so fucking 90s. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of hot That's rods like, playing on this. That, the, that works on that works on like a Sonic Youth song from this period. That works on a whatever <laughs> like lots there. of shaker, fuzz Ooh. guitar. Yeah, yeah there's one of those uh, the solos you can hum. The guitar tones on this are awesome. Yeah, that's that's the surfing bird. It has one change. And it's 
three quarters of the way through the song. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. That's well, then definitely has you know more of a poppy vibe to it. Too. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they still were trying to do something popular. They weren't trying to alienate people with this album. No. I don't think it was deliberately commercial, but I don't think it was, you know, you know we're doing our passion project and screw you guys either. So. It was the one where, like, it was the record label. You could tell when the record label people heard this, they were probably like, all right, finally, these guys. Now, now we got something we can sell. Yeah. And, like, fans were like, oh, this is definitely more of a departure. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe they were trying to get a new audience, and sometimes you have to leave old audiences behind. Oh, to do they've that. been uh, putting out albums for like ten years at this point. And, yeah, you know, doing their thing. They've kind of grown up a bit. So yeah, yeah, they're no longer teenagers. They're probably in their what early thirties at this point. I'd say about that. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah, you said you said they use some of this in soundtracks, or this seems very. Or some of their, some of their oh, yeah, God, the yeah. sounds like uh, the you know Babysitter Club movie. <laughs> yes, uh, definitely. <laughs> Ten things I hate about, about you. Yeah, and, uh, know what you did last summer somewhere in there. Yeah. You know, <laughs> probably is. Um, oh, that's a great tune. Yeah, I can see why they picked it as a single too, because it does stand out a bit in no small part due to the fact that it's a duet and you actually have because. Jim and Will sound very similar. Oh, so. God, yeah. And, I mean, they have a, a good voice, but it's it can get a little tiresome. So, mm-hmm. you know, when Shane McGowan shows up later, you're like, oh, yeah, that, that, right. that, I can, I can, <laughs> I can enjoy a little bit. Voice. Yes. Less, yeah. One. Gruffled Irish accent, not aggressive. Did, it did, uh, I did, they did labor over this for about a year, right? That's yeah, this yeah, was... It took them longer. It took, a, it took them a while. I think because they set themselves a specific goal of an acoustic album, they they may have had a few dry runs before they were able to finish this, so... That sounds right. But... And it wasn't like a, a huge disappointment when it came out, but no, it wasn't it was, what they were hoping so for. So I'm still listening for Have you heard any Beach Boys yet? No, I, th- that's the thing is they... There's almost no harmonies on this album. Maybe a little monkeys, maybe. Yeah, um, more monkeys yeah. than Beach Boys, but yeah, they. I mean, they're they're catchy, hooky, poppy songs, but yeah, I wouldn't really put them in the Beach Boys category. Right, right. But shall we go on to uh, what's track four? Let's do it. Come on. This was a single too. There's a video for this one. Yeah. This is one of the more upbeat, poppy kind of. Yeah, departs from that broken heart theme for a yeah. bit, which is okay. Yeah, it's it's, it's the dance track on mm-hmm. the album. Yes, it is kind of. The video for this, uh, oh, it's where there's that there's that talent show with all those different yeah. people on stage trying lip syncing to this song. Cut these guys in there. Nice. Yeah, the the guitar tones again are are perfect for. Yeah, they're exactly what they need to be for these songs to work. What's going on? I wonder what, um, yeah, no, I think I, I agree with that. I just, I, I think, you know, in a live setting, though, I wonder how it would, how it worked. You know, I mean, just because, uh, you know, it probably came you closer got this to kind of original stuff. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, you got this kind of you know, a little quiet, more. breathy vocals and these, you know, I don't big, think you giant, can... loud guitars that are, you know, yeah. I, be, I suppose you could do it today with yeah, today's uh, you know, uh, technology. I think they could probably, I think it probably worked fine live. I, I think a lot of the subtlety that the, 
recorded tracks really hang on is not present in the not corner necessary. of a bar. Well, that's, that's, right. as, Absolutely. As, yeah, yeah. that's how that works for most people. most music. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's right, right. But you know, you, it's difficult. Like, like if you're, you know, and you're a, you're playing in a punk band, right? Yeah. And and you know, there's a reason why the this, the the singer is screaming. Because it wants to be heard, yes, right. You know, over that, right. You know, so if you had a, if you had a, you know, if you had a loud, you know, loud fuzz guitars and you're singing like this, no one's gonna even know you're singing. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's kind of what I'm mm-hmm. getting at. So I just wonder, I just wonder, you know, if uh, if they played these songs live, I don't know. They, well, I wonder, I wonder what they would have. I mean, there's uh, a tour with Mazzy Star, I know, for this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they bring acoustic guitars on the road with them? Because that's. A, that would be so. our YouTube and post it on our. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let us know. Yeah, kind of curious. Well, I've seen them since they they got back together in 2007, and I've seen them actually a handful of times. They come through, and I've not seen them play one song off this. I did my research, and they've played sometimes, always, a few times, but I have not seen. Uh, you know, that would be an odd one to play without Hope Sandoval, whom I'm assuming isn't just hanging around and showing up for no, one I think duet. So. No, they. I, I I I don't. Are they still together? No, I don't know. Who, they brought out uh, Miranda Lee Richards. If you know who she is, she's Great. a singer songwriter. Kind of in that Brian Jonestown massacre vein. Uh, she's, I know she's done stuff, or if they have, you know, a close friend, someone to duet with. But yeah, I think that's the just only grab song. a random, random audience girl from the member. Audience. Who knows the lyrics? <laughs> that's pretty much how my band does it when you do it. We're like, hey, there, hey, there <laughs> you who go. do we know? Uh, yeah, but you say none of the other songs, though. Not uh, that I can. I've never seen them, and uh, it doesn't seem like they've really taken this out since they've gotten back together. And the thing is, I think you could play it like a, a typical. Jesus, I mean the songs yeah, you themselves. Could just, yeah, oh, yeah, you could just you play just, them. Yeah, and, you know, turn off the distortion. Right, you know, right, yeah. Add but, drum machines. Whatever. That is a funny thing that we've discovered with some of these un- anomalous records that are before the well into the '90s. Is that there's no evidence that they ever happened on YouTube <laughs> when looking for live footage or even a talk show appearance or something. It's mm-hmm. just like, nope. <laughs> hey, we're just gonna pretend that didn't happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody's eagerly posting those to YouTube. Ghost album. Well, shall we go on to the next track since we do have 17 between us? And we're back on the breakup. Yep. It's still on the popier side. This flows well after Come On. I mean, absolutely. The whole album flows pretty well. There's that jangling that Slow yeah, was talking yeah. about that really you just could not get with, uh, and it could not get with fuzz and electric guitars. song just seems familiar yeah i mean it, it's a template that has been around for years because it works when it's done well and i'm, I'm calling this the steve shelley beat steve shelley yeah it really is song isn't it beat, it's like yeah. this is on a bunch of songs you songs shaker and all you know i, can, I think I can now listen with the headphones i can hear those hot sticks he's using on drums but yeah replace it with uh, you're right put those uh, put some regular sticks in there you got a sonic youth song Since they have not played these, how, 
do they like this album? Are they disowned it? I mean, I, I granted can, they're not talking to yeah, anyone. It's so. like a ghost. I cannot find much Dunno. commentary on it. Don't know. Pretty much. They're those Scots. Yeah. They're not yeah. very, yes, forthcoming with their feeling. No, no. wonder he Giving it all he can. <laughs> Captain. <laughs> Uh, or maybe it's you know it's about a breakup that he doesn't want to think about that anymore. Could, that might actually very well have something to do with it because it yeah. gets pretty intense on this album about that. Yeah, I remember seeing Ray Davies in concert once, and he's like, "I was in a really bad place and wrote it's very suicidal, felt felt horrible. Wrote this song, it's become a freaking hit, and now I got to play it every freaking show and <laughs> remind him <laughs> of his suffering." I don't even remember which one it was, um, but okay. yeah, he was like, "I." I hate having to play this song, but I know I have to play it. Oh, but God. I wrote it in a place where I was not happy, and I don't like having to go back there. Hope you're all happy now. <laughs> well, that's that's pretty much Ray Davies' entire sort of persona. Was that Ape Man? Uh, probably not. <laughs> Lola. <laughs> oh man, that's a- yeah, yeah. <laughs> What we got next? Uh, never saw it coming. Oh, no, is that what we have? Is it? No, we have uh, we have hole. We hole. have hole. Not not the band with Courtney Love. guitars in there and this is psycho candy or uh, yeah. their last album honey's dead this is very jesus and mary chain yeah it's the same drummer that they had on psycho candy right well psycho candy i thought it was uh we might have to look that up in a sec what's his name uh bobby gillespie primal scream yeah and then uh i don't know if he did he, i know it was a live drummer on this he yeah. may have come back for it so that yeah. might be that was what i thought which you know yeah makes it less of an outlier more of a return to form but there you go still I wonder how it felt to, you know, hey, I see you guys got really popular and left me behind <laughs> for the back. last four albums. Uh, <laughs> Primal Scream's going to go on a hiatus for a bit, so. <laughs> I can see Hole covering that song. Yeah, it's not outside of their wheelhouse. I mean, I, is Hole still a thing? I kind of doubt it, but no. are they Hole? Is, is there a are Hole they, in Hole? Are they Hole? Oh, man. Was it ever really a thing? I mean, <laughs> yeah, like is a, Courtney Love even Hole? I mean. She's a little fractured, but that's... I don't know, she'll have to uh, find... Who could she find to write her next good album? Uh, well, she was dating Edward Norton for a while. Uh, is, he, is he a songwriter? Um, the... But if he put his mind to it, he could write a good song. <laughs> he, he appeared in the Woody Allen musical, Everyone Says I Love You. Good so point, he did, yeah. There's a... A thing? <laughs> he played guitar in a Death to Smoochie, if you've ever seen that. Oh, no, right. there, you, there you, go. you go. So See, we know he has some musical ability. Indeed, he's a rock star just waiting to happen. I'm going to go home and watch Death to Smoochie. It's been a really long time. Just oh, yeah. That oh, my God. That's a good one. That is a good one. <laughs> yeah, just that name brought back a oh, lot of... Man, uh, we got to do a sub-podcast about that. Now we can see what we never saw coming. Oh, where? <laughs> there it is. And back to a bit of a departure again. Yes, we're but We have downshifted. I mean, this one you could hear at a... a coffee house open mic with Definitely. just some sad sack with bangs mm-hmm. this 
reminds me a bit of um, like the birds. I can see that. That's yeah, sort of you know, sort of country-ish, not quite. Yeah, you know, but um, um, sixty-five beats per minute. Oh man, these yeah. guys are pushing it. Yeah, that's almost you know you could. 60 beats per minute. You could just use your watch as a metronome. <laughs> They're holding yeah. the beat pretty well. Really well. Something about the two, two, maybe three chords, but just on that simple bass line. Ooh, there's that fuzzy bass again. Yeah, they have their touring bassist. I forget his name. I guess on. he's still with them, actually, apparently. He's the guy Might as well. Yeah, I mean, why not? It's, cool. a, it's a good gig. It works Particularly if, you know, they took 20 years off in the middle. That's a nice break, yeah. There's a cool radio still do their concerts here, you know. Remember this? Oh, K-O-O-L? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, yeah, cool, yeah, yeah. cool concert owner, you get, like, maybe the Beach Boys and Jesus and Mary Chain. On oh, that's sweet. The, bill kind of thing. The, the yeah. swath of artists that... That constitute oldies these days is a uh, oh, confusing man. and it's yeah yeah and gigantic. Well, they yeah. can't get Chuck Berry anymore. No, so. no, but I mean, I, I remember when uh, uh, they started playing U two on the classic rock station, and that was like twenty years ago. So yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, classic is is a is a relative term. Yeah, absolutely. You know. Yeah, I know. It's like a, yeah, that's what you know. Some people. It's only classic. Uh, classic if it made a lot of money and it's. it's yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. Remember my when I started playing in you know rock and roll band. My sister asked me what kind of music do you play. I said rock and roll, and she she assumed I sounded like you know Buddy Holly or something like this. Right? Yeah. Well, there there was it's a time a, when that's all yeah, that yeah, rock yeah. and roll sounded like. With, yeah. and now yeah. rock and roll still can sound like that. It still or, can. Or it could sound like this. Everything from Gigi Allen to Karen Carpenter <laughs> can fall under the category of rock and roll. I was sad those two never got to do an album together. Yeah. They were both very self-destructive in yeah. their own way. Um, <laughs> the world lost a great drummer. Yeah. I do notice that the acoustic guitars are only for strumming chords, and the electric guitars are only for playing solo one-note lead That's lines. That's a good point. Which is, you know, traditionally how the two are, are separated, but that was kind of disappointing that it wasn't like electric rhythm guitar with like solo lead acoustic on top yeah, of it. Yeah, something, something that you would know, have mix been, it up a bit, yeah. right? Or, or yeah, or, or uh, maybe, you know, acoustic rhythm tracks that were a little more um, uh, aggressive yeah. in terms of... You know, or even just like finger around, picking. I guess. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all strummy. It's very strummy. Maybe we need a, we need a bluegrass tribute to this album. Though. There you well, go. No, we don't need that. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> there probably know. is one. There's Somewhere. a bluegrass tribute to everything. Come at us, internet. Come on, I want to hear this. Uh-huh. I I do have the uh, the bluegrass tribute to Nickelback in my back pocket. So. <laughs> and that is how <laughs> I remind it's th- you. It's there. All right. Yeah, I'm sure it exists. Who so. doesn't? Indeed. We never saw it coming. <laughs> Okay, the next song is She, which is not the Tommy Boyson, Bobby Hart song. Before we start this, when I saw that, I was yeah. really hoping it was a cover of the Kiss tune. There you go. Or the Misfits tune. Yeah. Or the Monkees tune. She is a terrible name for a song. Let's just <laughs> put it out there. Shelly back on the drums. There you go. 
Yeah, there's a lot of, yeah, shaker. Not even maraca, just a, one of those metal tubes mm-hmm. that are about the size of a extra large can of beer. Oh, uh, yeah, one of those little those yeah. shiny ones. I just love William Reed. I would have told you this years ago. He's one of my favorite guitar players. That's sort of yeah. been those uh, more accomplished punk rock players. Yeah. But, like, yeah, I just love those simple but so catchy, sweet melodies that are just all over this song, too. Well, yeah, that's the thing is, you know, if this sounded like this and the songs were crap, it wouldn't matter how well done it was. Exactly. It'd be pretty dull. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's lots of albums out there like that. They up the tempo on this one. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're going a little faster. That is good that they didn't say, you know, all acoustic means all slow. I mean, people have a tendency to assume that acoustic means... Oh, no. Bad, bad. Yeah. 65 beats per minute. Yikes. Uh, Speaking of... Speaking of she, um, what was was that, the, uh, the pink album that we did? Oh yeah, you and I, me. I was yeah, you just and me. Thinking that. Yeah, I was thinking that too. That this would, you know, that would have been better if it had more of this this production. Yeah, and and more of the, you know, like the tempo. Yeah, the, changes the, between the songs produ- and that yeah. sort of thing. And yeah, this this is a great example of like how far just a little bit of deliberate production and stuff can go. Like mm-hmm. like we said, like they're they're sticking to a pretty good template on most of this stuff. It's jangly acoustic guitars. Kind of Fuzz. mellowed out drums, uh, and yeah, like the kind of fuzzy leads or occasional fuzzy bass or something like you know big punky P bass kind of thing backing it up, and that's really cool. And it works for the whole freaking album. And it's not that they're singing different tunes over practically the same backing track throughout. They they change it up and down just a little bit, but. Yeah, it's amazing how how much you can get out of. Yeah, no, how I, effectively you can use just a couple of tricks. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and I like that. I like the tones in general. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, but uh, um, when did that band? Uh, were they out already? Do you remember that band called the Smithereens? Oh yeah, yeah they've been yeah, out for, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what mm-hmm. that. Um, well, it's just um, well, you know, whether you like them or hate them, I just I remember that that they were they were uh, you know playing Rickenbackers. Yeah, and they were like like well, everyone you know, no one plays Rickenbackers through Marshalls, so that's what we're gonna do. And and I was like, there's a reason why you don't do that. Yes, um, <laughs> because that, <laughs> that jangliness through through those yeah, acts, too much jangle. Right, it just it like it's it's very it's unpleasant. Is you know it, basically it is a, a a a sound that can be deployed, you know, deftly. Rare moments. <laughs> well, right, right. You could, you know, you could make, you know, you could use those sounds yeah. to make something, you know, yeah, beautifully it, ugly. But if you're going to jangle away, there's there's reasons yeah. why people play acoustic guitars. I guess yes. is what I'm getting at. Play, play your Rickenbacker through a twin or a yeah, 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 yeah. JC120 or something. Exactly. But, uh, yeah. And Rickenbackers were around a lot in the '90s. They. they I had one in the nineties. Yeah. Come back more, I guess. In the- yeah, they made kind of a comeback. It's like a, well, you know, we don't want to disparage any of our sponsors on this show. But, <laughs> no, no. But I, I always found those those um, those guitars expensive and not great. Rickenbackers suck. Yeah, suck. So, there we go. <laughs> you can blame it on me. <laughs> and but now stay tuned although, for although, our. Although Scott might have loved your Rickenbacker. I, I was just happy to sure have an electric guitar. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Like a, it looked cool. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. Lemmy said as much. He's like, meh. I don't really care how it's. It kind of sounds like well, shit. Those, it those, just looks cool. Those I think those basses have a great sound. You know, they yeah, have a very, they can, have a particular sound. You can make a P bass sound just like a Rickenbacker with, like with the right with the right overdrive and a little bit of EQ. 
But, but you can't be the birds or Tom Petty without a Rickenbacker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Speaking of jangle, jangle, right? yeah, those are yeah, yeah, the jingle, man. jangle morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll come following you. There's some serious jangle going on today. Yes, wish I could. Something about this has that real kind of a bit of a surfy, you know? Yeah. Surfer and heroin type vibe to it, I guess. Yeah. You're right, Christian band. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Band. Kind of Just a, like you two. Or it Creed. sort of has a West Coast kind of sound to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, when I was listening to it, what I thought is, this is what the 90s thought the Beatles sounded like. Yeah, you know, yeah, that's a very good descriptor. Everyone gloms onto something different, right? Yeah, you know? and I, in the '90s, the the Beatles were like seen as this very jangly. So you can sort of you, you can hear what from the '90s perspective exactly what Beatles album and period they latched onto. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Beatles that anthology. Yeah, yeah. Um, watching that on ABC <laughs> repeats, and they taped it on VHS, but bought the CD. does have a very whispery vocal throughout this uh, album. Yeah. I wonder how it played out live. You know, I remember in the late 80s, um, probably like 1987 or 1988, I went to summer camp, and uh, in an icebreakery session, they asked everyone what their favorite album was, and I was I confidently said that... Uh, Hole! Uh, no, it was... Uh, um, uh, Rubber Soul by the Beatles. Yeah. And, uh, the Simpsons I, Sing the Blues. I, I really loved. <laughs> and, uh, no every single other boy and girl said Appetite for Destruction, which had just come out and was. Well, awesome. they're kind of the same album, and, aren't they? Oh, and uh, and uh, some kid came up and like punched. He's like, The Beatles just like socked me. In the- well, and this is a very like, rubber soul sounding album. Who has the last yes. laugh now? I guess I don't know. How well, you I know feel that, about that, that. Well, you know that appetite. That was appetite for destruction. That was that was what kids had for hard rock. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was it. Yeah. yeah, it was that or yeah. I wasn't even trying to be a contrarian little shit or anything. Right, right, right. 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 Favorite album. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, yeah, particularly as a kid, that's a that's good album. Impressive. Yeah, another kid takes it on the chin for the Beatles. Even, <laughs> yeah, even then, I was like, I, you know, if I want to listen to Guns N' Roses, I can just turn on literally any fucking radio station well, right, right now. Yeah, it's like, much. this is unex- unescapable. Indeed. So, and, anyways. And their next <laughs> album will be coming out any day now. Yeah. Chinese <laughs> Democracy. Two. Two. Yes. <laughs> Stay tuned. Are they doing another one? <laughs> oh, I'm, sh- I'm sure he's working on it. <laughs> I think really hard as they probably have enough material to just mix a new album every couple of years. Probably. There you go. There's a streaming channel that's nothing but Chinese democracy outtakes. <laughs> never repeats itself for over never a thousand years. Out. I want that. Yeah. I want that. That would be a... Uh, I be hope good they're etching it onto like a gold... Graph. Oh, it's yes. launching it into the sun. I think it's I been know. over a decade at this point. They're starting to get to the point. And yeah, for the a te- lot of bands, that's the tour where they go and play the whole album. Yeah, and something I'm, like that. I'm sure Slash will love that. Oh yeah, all the guys will be or behind it. Bring Buckethead back. The Buckethead for a while. Well, they had. Well, yeah, we'll get to that album. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stay tuned. But there are there's a lot of guitarists on oh, there. Oh my god, yeah. Well. Shall we move on to the next one? Let's, oh, we definitely shall. Save me. 
like put out. Is that about right? 90, I think? 90, no, 89? It was like 88, 88, 88 I think. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that would have made sense. I mean, it was like little kid. Yeah, yeah you know, maybe 89. Yeah, yeah. Stuff, six or seven or something like that. It was one of those summer camps that was like babysitting. Yeah. They just dropped you, you played like dodgeball. And <laughs> you learned useful skills like, you know, social. Slip, slip and slide. <laughs> yeah. Hiding from bullies. Yeah. yeah. Getting a snack. <laughs> yes. Watching that damn never-ending story VHS over and over again. <laughs> when when literally everyone in a group of people says the same gives the same answer, don't give a different one. Yeah, that's uh, a good form. Start, but, uh, <laughs> form. Yeah, just you know. That's Even what we really learned. It. <laughs> I think that was the lesson there. Yeah. Unless you got to go first. Yeah. yeah. Then everyone else would have said Rubber Soul too, even though they didn't know what it was. Nah, they would have gone with it. See, this is a real. This one, I, I'm pretty sure this is him talking about cheating. Pretty open, but it's, got, it's so kind of ha happy and fun too. Yeah. That's what I like. It's so easy to make a song about that real dark, like some of the earlier yeah. tracks I heard. But this is cool. It's the only song on the album that was written by both Will and Jim. Oh, was it? Are yeah. they both whispering on this one? I don't know. Pretty sure that's still Jim. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I think. Well, I don't know. This could have been purely intentional. So I don't, yeah. I don't have any evidence of this whatsoever. I tend to think whispery vocals come out when your headphones are too loud when you're recording. That, that is one way of, of creating whispery vocals. So. Yeah, yeah. You in know, this you, case, he's used to having a real fuzzed out droney guitars. Now there's acoustics. I can keep hearing, turn it up, turn it up. I don't, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> These old grandpa guitars. But, uh, you know, it's like, I mean, I... I like his voice. I mean, yeah. I think it's, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, he's not a great singer, but he sings well enough to convey what he's right. Yeah, exactly. I just, uh, that, uh, that it'd be nice to have more, just mix it up a bit. Yeah. I mean, I, that, that is also that I think, you know, 17 tracks may have been, yeah, that might have, mm -hmm. yeah. cut it down to 12 and I don't even, I'm not even got a strong feeling about which five you take off, but yeah, it just would have been easier to tell them apart by yeah, the Yeah, it might not be on a, a yeah, by the end you're kind of like album if, yeah, if I not. don't remember what track 1 was. Well, you know, so maybe the vinyl experience would have been Yeah, you know, the f 8 on a side would be uh, easier to handle. Yeah, with a little interval. Mm -hmm. I but mean, there's some albums that only have lunch. 8 total. Yeah. <laughs> like we were saying earlier, there's some kind of, you know, there's a breakup or a fight or some sort of beef between the brothers. There's something inspiring this and so Probably the reason there's so many songs is just, it, you know, it was an inspired body of work around the same, you know, inspiration or something. And they just, well, that's what they had. And they're the kind of songs you can't hold over for the next album. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's weird no, to have. Get it done now. Yeah. Because this has such a, not, you know, not just production wise, but also the songs and the subject matter and stuff. It has a, a very particular, uh, yeah. you know, specific vibe to it. And yeah, well, and I that may be why they can't play any they, of these um, songs live they anymore. Limit their violence just between the two of them, though. No, they probably were violent to any and everyone they could. Yeah, they're probably know. some yeah audience members. They're Scottish. Oh. I mean, really. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. I <laughs> I just heard stories of them attacking <laughs> audience members, and you know, it's happened. Yeah, it's Showing like, up um, late, playing like twenty minutes of noise, and leaving. Brothers and sisters aren't supposed to get along. Something about ending Much like up Scotsman and Englishman, getting or Scotsman and Frenchman. You know, that'd be you know go to you know like uh, Logan and I had a gig last night at the Tennyson's Tap. You know, imagine yeah. 
playing there, and then Logan and I get hauled off to jail because we attacked um, Oscar in the audience. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It would have made the show uh, less pleasant, but more Oscar. memorable. Oscar. <laughs> Shout out to Oscar. I'm sure but you're apparently listening. that happened, um, you know, I don't know, more yeah. than once, but um, yeah, with these guys. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, if, we've, if we've learned nothing else, don't form a band with A, your wife, or B, your brother. Because, mm. I mean, you know, the Kinks, Fleetwood Mac, Mamas and the Pop, it never works out. Nah. You just, form a band with people you have no strong emotional attachment to, and that way... Dire you, Straits. Yeah. <laughs> you don't mind when, you know, you right, have to right, get yeah, back yeah. together with them. Bands and roommates, man. That's yeah. That's you got to have for that. Important life lessons from the reeds. Until it shines. Oh yeah, this is very much in the formula of this album. Yeah. Oh, they had the little twinkly guitar part. Yeah. Sort of R-E-M-E. Yeah, I can't believe that's the first time they've come up. Yeah, we have never mentioned them before. Are you? Yeah, when you say Jangle, when you say Rickenbacker, yeah. you should yeah, say yeah, Ari. Yeah, 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 yeah. Back of my head. Well, Matt Peter brought up the, the Smithereens, right? Uh, yeah. And so the Smithereens remind me of like, like the Sub Dudes and yeah, yeah, some other stuff like that. And those were all bands beloved by people who are huge, huge fans of REM early on. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't mind that. I, ne- I didn't think it was the second coming of, of you know, the Beatles or anything, as, as a lot of people did. <laughs> did, but, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I got no problem with music that really champions strong songwriting and, you know, cool and appropriate guitar tones. You do worse That's than this, focusing yeah. on that stuff. No, that do that for uh, 17 tracks, keep it under 50 minutes. That's impressive. That's true. I mean, this is the 90s when everyone was like, oh, a CD holds 78 minutes? We better use all 78 minutes. Yeah, I think this was like a year before Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Yeah, so, yeah. so I mean, you got stuff like Time by Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, That's about every song has two minutes more than it needed. That is so weird, too, that, that uh, you mentioned, you know, the Smashing Pumpkins. That album, I think of that as a recent album. I don't know why. Um, well, it, it really, music hasn't changed since then. Yeah, say, that's probably, yeah. Say what you want about the Smashing Pumpkins, but the that album has inspired sonically tons and tons of music across, like, guitar music across a bunch of genres. Oh, it's good. It's just very I mean, it, it's, it's, it's It's crept <laughs> sonically into it is the infinite a lot sadness. of other... <laughs> music and so even though yeah it's good but it's not like mind-blowing although some people think it is it's got some mind-blowing tracks actually. Yeah, yeah it's just when you have a lot of songs that's i think the risk you take it's really hard to have the mind-blowing one stand yeah more, that's true you know? and especially if the overall quality of the whole thing is is, mm-hmm. is pretty well done it's hard to have something yeah. drastically stand out yeah if you've got five good songs and you put it on a 12 song album it sounds like a good album. Yeah, you have five exactly. good songs and you put it on a 30-song yeah, album, everybody's making their own playlists. Exactly. We're not quite... I mean, it would be a few more years before they realized that uh, with CDs that 
they just needed to have a single or two or three on an album and there could be a lot of filler and it didn't really have to flow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You no know, one's listening to the whole thing front to back this, anymore this exactly. anyway. Or you 70s were over. Yeah. You didn't have to make concessions for uh, space on a side of a, a record or something like yeah. that. I, I feel like at some point in the, in the early to mid 90s, people were just like, ah, fuck it. Here's our three singles that the record label likes and we'll fill up the rest of this thing with Whatever stuff. we're in the mood for. Yeah, with yeah. other stuff. The producer, hey, got some templates here you guys can use. Right? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and not everybody did that, though. Some people really crafted, you know, uh, albums that were very listenable top to bottom. Um, but It wasn't as necessary but, as yeah, it, it used was, to be. It was no longer uh, required. You know, everyone's MO if yeah. you're recording a, a full-length album. Yeah. It was just, yeah, it was just that. Two songs, great. Charge them seventeen ninety nine for the CD. And now... No way this business model could backfire on us. <laughs> never. <laughs> the music business will run forever. I was going to say, now no one cares because nobody buys music. <laughs> Speaking you of which, check out the two new songs the Lollygags put out this year. There you go. Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Product placement. God help me. Brought to you by... Well, we're open for endorsements. Come go. contact us. Uh, Rickenbacker. Yes. Oh, here we go. This is Shane McGowan. Shane McGowan. We've uh, the Pogues. Uh, a uh, a uh, drunken and rundown Irishman is has crossed to record with these drunken rundown Scotsmen. There you go. There we go. Oh, well, man. he was born in England, but yeah. Oh, was he? Huh. But uh, no, he fits. It's so weird when I when I learned that was him on this one. He he could you could have told me this was one of the Reed brothers. Yeah, he doesn't sound that much different from them. Well, when he, on this exactly. track, exactly. When you tell me it's him, though, it's like, oh yeah, that's definitely yeah, yeah, him. I can hear it. But uh, it again, when you hear him on this album, yeah, Shane McGowan does kind of fit into the world of the the themes. Dark, of these depressing. Things. Yeah, but drunk. <laughs> exactly, and it, it like doesn't sound like the Jesus and Mary Chan. But he totally works with the Jesus and Mary Chan. Oddly enough, with the slide guitar, this is the song that reminds me most of Massey Star on this album. Oh, that's true. It's a very uh, fade into you. His, his vocals are just—they're—they're they're great because they—they they just seem wrong, but yes. they always seem to work. Yes. Kind of, you know, obviously very different style, but kind of like Tom the uh, Tom Waits or something like oh, that. Yeah. yeah, you know. I don't know. I feel more probably more authentic than Tom Waits as. Yeah, yeah. You could be right. If you're gonna have. A sad bastard song. You better have a sad bastard singing it. Oh yeah, because otherwise it, it doesn't. And doesn't Shane McGowan is one hundred percent. Do your do yourselves a favor and go find a picture of, of of Shane McGowan and uh, marvel at just how even when how he was young he looks, and then look at the date when the picture was taken. Then realize that that picture is that's his high school graduation photo, no, forty years old. Yeah. Oh man, and he's still with us, man. I think yeah. the. Uh, I think the alcohol's just kind of kept him. He's been preserved. Him. Yeah, that's what it's done at this point. Well, I think he lost a lot of his teeth early, so he didn't have a problem with you know bacterial to... infection. Oh and yeah, everything. Okay. that. So you know. let this be another lesson: remove your teeth, you'll yes. live longer. If you're gonna plan to live yeah, like Shane McGowan, if you're gonna be bad at hygiene, you should get rid of your teeth. Yeah, yeah they're, they're just gonna, gonna get in the way. <laughs> You're just wasting your time. Good point. Get St- rid of them stimulate now. skull and jaw growth. <laughs> Lose your teeth. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, he's. I think Keith Richards looks at Shane McGowan is just like, "Fuck, dude." <laughs> <laughs> this is who's going to be eating. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if they've ever hung out. I mean, <laughs> I've seen pictures of just have. like in the last two, three years of 
Shane McGowan and Bob Dylan hanging out, which was really yeah, wow, yeah. wow. cool. Dylan played a show in in Ireland and specifically wanted to meet Shane, and the two of them hung out till three a.m. And there's yeah. Oh my god, I could see those two. In the I'll drink some beers out. with that guy. <laughs> that would be. A, and I mean, this was in the middle of Dylan's Sinatra period, and I so wanted him to get him on the next Sinatra album. But yeah, it's like a definition of enigmatic, I guess. Yeah, I yeah. It's like a. I'm into Frank Sinatra. Are you Shane? I give him all the camera. I can't do a Scottish accent unless I'm doing Scotty from Star yeah, yeah. Trek. Uh-huh. Well, Shane's Irish, right? Well, there you uh, go. I was English. doing an Irish one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't do an accent. Period. Good lucky charms, you know. <laughs> Leave James Doohan alone. So, this she friend, a girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. not not the Matthew Sweet song. No, yeah, here's the I I think this you are my friend. I think that's I think that friend of his inspired a lot of these songs yeah. yeah whatever friend this is there's there's some woman out there there's probably several women out there who think this album's all uh, about I'll that betcha. yeah some of whom may never have actually met him if that's one of you ladies comment on the podcast here there you <laughs> go send us find your us, photos find yeah. us in the comment section this song sounds very familiar too yeah and I don't think it's because they play this on the radio or anything. It's no, just... it definitely wasn't a radio one. This is familiar thumbs and the themes. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, this is, what, track 13 so far? Yeah, so, by now we're starting to... If you, if you haven't caught on by now... Then... If you don't know what this album sounds like by now, you're never going to. You might as well just take your teeth out of your head. Indeed. <laughs> so, um, Girlfriend, this is about... Um, his new girlfriend? Maybe. I think it was the ex hope so. one. Yeah, are we still on the X You now? never yeah, write yeah. about your current girlfriend because she can, you know, directly retaliate. You uh-huh. always write about the ex after they're gone. Yeah. That is, again, songwriting tips we have learned from the Reed Brothers. I, I feel this is as good a place as any to say this, but the, the overall vibe of this album is it's a, it's a happy bummer. That yeah, if I had to describe the whole thing. Say this, this song this, tonally, yeah, tonally, this song was very happy. Yeah, yeah. Yes. but the the subject matter is always kind of grim or or hopeless or just yeah, not positive. But they're in such a it's re- reflective, but on something that's not necessarily that hasn't worked out well. Um, oh, very much. But so I, they have. So they've been knocked off their throne. Mm-hmm. But they've taken drugs to help them feel better. It seems, and I could be wrong. Jim Classic Reed, move. Yeah, <laughs> Jim Reed could scream at me for saying this, but it just sounds like like that we talk about this more. It sounds like by the time they got to this album, they're really in a place of kind of acceptance. You yeah, know? You no, he wrote to... these in a bad place, and he recorded them in a good place, yeah, and that's exactly. why it's yeah. the Happy Bummer album. I think so. So uh, I, I heard they were also busted for amphetamines, but it would have been earlier than this. Oh yeah, yeah. They so that, that. so they were stoned. Yeah. yeah, everybody must get stoned. Well, you know, or truck drivers. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what they did. You know, amphetamines <laughs> aren't stoned though. For right? cash. No, no. So what is that? Well, stoned, they're tweaked. Is what you tweaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Everybody must get yeah different. Every, yeah, yeah. 
must get different crunk. vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody I know, anyway. There you go. Everybody you know. Oh, this is shaker. the breathiest one. This shaker sounds a little more plasticky. I think he might be using like plastic eggs or there something. There you go. This one. Egg yeah. shaker. Egg shaker. There might even be brushes instead of the hot rods on the drums. Mm-hmm. Rom-com getting to know you montage. There yeah. you go. <laughs> there's, there's probably running under a, a, a you know, some sort of you, you know, enclosure for, because it started to rain suddenly. Yeah. And then for bands, that's a very important revenue stream. So I think, it, you know, uh, hey, they yeah. probably got lucky that a lot of these songs got picked up, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, later on, I, I would certainly, you know, if, if Steven Spielberg's listening, feel free to just raid my catalog. It <laughs> all open. Yeah. Well, it's funny. It's not this, not this album, but uh, when they kind of came back into the, from obscurity to semi-obscurity in two thousand six or two thousand seven, it was because of the movie uh, Lost in Translation. All at the very end, that song, just like Honey, well, there got you license, go. And that like made it. So. Bill Murray. Yeah. Yes. Were they in the movie? I don't think they were in it at all. It was just Sofia oh. Coppola was a big fan of Oh, I just thought it would be cool if they were in, you know, like in some Japanese, you know, karaoke bar or uh, something. That would be very yeah, cool. Yeah. That's kind of like these guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're a band that, you know, aren't really famous for how they look. So they could be there as extras and no one would notice. Uh-huh. I mean. Of course, you'd have to fly them into Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. But, well, yeah. maybe they just happen to be there. They're yeah, hanging out, too. you know. I bet I could see one them lives being in Scotland, big in Japan. one lives in L.A. So this is what yeah. we considered, you know, a meeting place halfway in between, <laughs> halfway around the world. There you go. Probably get along a lot better when they're in different countries. I find that's true with most of my siblings. Because yeah. <laughs> they've been a friend, or you've been a friend. You've been a friend. I've got a friend in me. Yeah, so much acceptance here at this point. It's just yes. like, all right, cool. It happened. You're a friend. Yeah, so we're, we're going to stay friends. Yeah. That big lie that happens at every breakup. We've made it through like 14 tracks here. I just don't have the energy to be angry yeah, at this point. I'm tired. Just, Let's just get this over with. we just be friends. With benefits. Oh. You know, we still get tickets to the concerts and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. So you're on the guest benefits. list, but yeah, you know. Healthcare, healthcare, yeah. 401k. Once you break up, you're not vested anymore. Just know that. There you go. Yeah. You always cash out right before then. So, why didn't they do another album like this? I mean, I'd love to say they did. Did they not think it worked, or did they just not want they, to do it again? They I haven't think, had another breakup like that. There was a label change between this, which probably had something to do with uh, the time between albums, because Monkey, M-U-N-K-Y, was their next album. That was on Sub Pop Records, yeah. right before Sub, uh, Sub Pop was kind of going under yeah. at the time. So I think Good after, timing. Yeah. After this, I, I think they kind of... Uh, I'd have to look this up to confirm, but it seems like they were kind of... Uh, and a little bit of label disarray and stuff. and Well, it is, yeah, harder to feel inspired to record when you're not on a functional record label. Oh, I yeah, can very much. Understand that. That chews up a lot of bands, unfortunately. It's yeah. cool that they were able to even get another album out. Yeah, well, you wait around long enough, everyone will get back together, put another album I out. I think so. I mean, 
Until they die. Until yeah, they, but that good. doesn't even stop all of them. I mean, the, the Beatles yeah, were putting true, out huh? their reunion. Well, at these this guys, point. before they broke up, their last gig, uh, before like their 2007 comeback, was uh, in the at the Roxy in Los Angeles, and it, it lasted. I heard maybe 20 minutes before the brothers got in a fist fight again on stage, and that was that end of the Jesus Mary chain for like 10 years. That's just awesome, though. Yeah. But, um, and that would be a great thing for gigs you didn't want to play. If you just had that in your back pocket, oh, yeah, brilliant. I'm like, <laughs> like, yeah, I want to go home early. Uh, there's <laughs> yeah, the next game. Game. yeah, there's another band playing tonight. I want to see. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're start. Okay, there was a show that I saw at Herman's a few years ago that where one of the bands had a front person that was known for getting into altercations with audience members, uh, not the rest of the band, but. G.G. Allen. The entire... No, it was... Karen Carpenter. Decidedly <laughs> less interesting. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe reincarnated. But uh, they, the audience uh, uh, deliberately antagonized this singer until that happened. Right. Uh, very quickly, because that was their reputation, and the crowd was just like... Well, if you go to a Gallagher <laughs> show and he doesn't pull out the watermelon, yeah, you, you, get, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. you want what you came there I for. I can see that that could really work for a band where it's like you're touring the country and everybody knows this guy's an asshole. So people come out just to egg him on, egg him on and see what's going to happen. That could actually be really. It's, it's yeah, don't play any music. Wrestling. You want to see you punch the drummer yeah. in the head. He's not, oh, he's, if he's not fighting with the band that much and they're, they're totally functionally able to yeah. tour the country. It's Well, yeah, it's like people who go to you know, ice hockey games hoping for a fight or, you know, race races mm-hmm. hoping for a car crash. You know? We'll tell you right now, buy a ticket, there's probably going to be a fight. You yeah. can even be in that fight. There you go. You we'll, we'll have Mean Gene Pitney, you know, offering commentary and macho Randy Man Savage. Oh, and, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> oh, man. Brother. Snap it to a Slim Jim. <laughs> What well, we got next? I think this is the final track. No. <laughs> Still no. two more. <laughs> Why not that easy? <laughs> it's, percentage-wise, it's one of the final tracks. <laughs> These days. These days. God damn it. These days. See, they could have made two albums like this. Just Pretty put much. out eight on one and nine on the other. But Stoned and then dethrones the other. There you, there you go. Use your illusion and use your illusion too. This one kind of, it feels like this was kind of intended as the final track and you'll hear on the next one, that's kind of just the final tag. It works, yeah. but it's like, yeah, this yeah, is it's like, more of a, yeah. this is the finale and we just mm-hmm. need so this. I, ass- I assumed Stoned and Dethroned, well, yeah. originally I thought it was just, you know, a rock name. Yeah. You know, but, uh, you know, Stoned, but, um, I assume that was the uh, the Jesus reference. Is that what they were? There doing? you go. Whoa, well, I, I thought it was crucified. But, so, yeah, so, 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 see, well, well, right, but you know, yeah. there's the yeah. He cast the first stone because right, right, he was right, without right. sin. Next person who says Jehovah, <laughs> <laughs> Jehovah, biblical, I guess I meant rather than you how know. can I make it any worse for myself? <laughs> so, so who's the person stoned and dethroned? Whoever said Jehovah. <laughs> Yeah, I think Will is the, the stoned one, and uh, Jim's the dethroned one. Yeah, definitely. a little bit of each there, too. Yeah. Or Jesus is the stoned I'm one, just and Mary's if the... They felt, you know, did they feel put upon by the ex-girlfriend, or did they feel put upon by the world, you know, 
expecting, expecting another, another album. Right, of, exactly. Well, yeah. I heard uh, when they got off Lollapalooza, I heard that was a really rough tour for them. So I think just between Girl Trouble yeah. and all that stuff. Well, playing a, a big festival is always tough because, you know, not everyone's there to see you. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, and, and it's, that's it, always a tough audience to play to. Outdoor is, gigs are always tough, just in yeah. general. Like a, I heard at that tour specifically, their time slot, they were well, fairly well known at the time, yeah. but their time slot would regularly get a band, pe- people would abandon them yeah. because on the second stage, this new band called Tool was starting, was playing. And so. Uh, Speaking of, yeah, <laughs> coming out with a new album any day now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and Tool, yeah. I suppose then Tool's pretty novel. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It. I, was like, I mean, everything started somewhere. And yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, we made it. What one last track? One last track. Oh my God, we did it. I'm feeling lucky. Are you? Are you feeling lucky, punk? This is William on this track. Yes. Got the tambourine. There you go. We we put the shaker away. There's a there shaker we too. Well. <laughs> We put one of the shakers away. I <laughs> uh, think that that shaker and tambourine, that percussion on the album, relying on that more than a drum machine. I was going to say, their thing. Mm. even the drums itself are mixed way lower than oh, the, yeah. the tambourines. That gives it that kind of jingliness. So. Yeah. Well, it, does, it doesn't sound like a hootenanny by any stretch, though. It doesn't seem like this is just casual jamming on the front porch. <laughs> no. <laughs> Scottish hootenanny. Hey. No bagpipes on this. Very disappointed. Yes. All Scottish songs should have bagpipes. So what did we think of Will's vocals? They're indistinguishable from Jim's. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I'm I'm a big fan of Will's vocals. You can really tell. It's it's very obvious. Can't you tell, Matt? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah. It's a will-they-won't-they situation. Will-they-won't-they. So, so... um, should Scottish people be making music? Uh, Absolutely. Some, some of them, at least. Yeah, the ones who have only, made music should keep making it. <laughs> Certainly. Only as a means of psychological <laughs> warfare. <laughs> well, everything the Scots do is some form of warfare. In some way or another, I, I mean, you know. Well, then, yeah, strong agree. Well, Scotland, uh, I, I don't know if they've, like, sort of have the volume of bands that England's put out, but the ones they do put out are just, they oh, tend oh, yeah. to hit it on the, yeah. not on the head, man. The Rizillos are one of my favorite bands of all mm-hmm. time. They're fantastic. And the Bay City Rollers. There you Very go. Scottish. S-A-T-U-R-D-A-Y. The They traveled over 500 miles to bring you that song. They sure did. At least 500 miles. Yes. But I mean, you got Not kilometers, miles. Frightened Rabbit. The Bay City Rollers were Scottish? Well, they had all those Well, yeah, they had all those tartan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if they're just Scottish. They're probably from Ohio or something stupid. Well, they could be Scottish-American. There you go. Descended from Scots. Now, that would be a good gimmick for a band. Everyone show up with the tartans and... There you go. Have a piper in the band. Dropkick Murphys have one, don't they? Uh, probably everybody does, but that's more. But that's more Irish that they're appropriating in that band. I want. I want a Scottish appropriated band, like there the you Scottish go. Dropkick Murphys. That would. Let's talk after this. I there think we you get go. Something going. <laughs> I mean, we don't have Boston to launch them in. Where would they come from? Yeah, what's like a Scottish city in the U.S. where I grew up in the Scottish block of town and uh, have very Scottish problems to there you grow go. up with. A lot of haggis. Yeah, a lot of, a lot, Scotch. A lot of iron brew. Where can you get that? Iron oh, brew. If you're listening, brew. guys, send us a case. There you go. Oh. This episode yeah. brought to you by Rick and Bacher and iron brew. iron brew. <laughs> yeah. Take some free anything, really. Pepto-bismol. Uh. Haggis. Make sure it's, uh, you know, 
refrigerated. Oh, uh, yeah, I imagine. Yeah. What's oh, your, yeah. uh, what's what's your don't, uh, favorite? Don't put it in a box. Probably not, no. What's your favorite scotch? Like a uh, the Laphroaig. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Really Laphroaig is very good. Like the yeah. Talisker is good. Yeah, yeah. Werther's. Oban so, <laughs> 14, I think, is really tasty. So so the, the Jesus and Mary Chain don't have that many albums, right? Like uh, seven or six at this? or seven, I think. And the seventh one came out like not even two years ago. I want to say so, maybe two years ago, tops. But, so yeah, in their good. Yeah, good original album. stretch of what, five albums, where would this fit? Is this. A good starting point is this the last one you get to? I'd say it's not a good. St- I started with it as like their first full album yeah. of theirs, yeah. and it's one of my all time favorites. So I love it. But uh, do as I say, not as I do. If you want to get into this band and really know what they're about, I'd start with definitely one of their earlier ones. Uh, Psycho Candy's great; it's innovative. But uh, the second one, Darklands, I think is a really good one to start with because that that even has some hints of this with that uh, good songwriting. Yeah. And I think if you went from Darklands to this. It'd be a good. It wouldn't throw you too much into shock, but if you went from this to Psycho Candy, it'd be like, what? Uh, no, this isn't the same band. No, yeah, you know. So they're all good though. I love this band. I just realized we screwed up and should have been drinking scotch this whole time. Oh my god! I know the you're not. What's in here? We'll do. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Anywhere in town to get some good haggis, you know? Mm, yeah. Mm. <laughs> Organ meats. I, the haggis is good. It I don't really know why is. it has such a bad rap. Dude, like, the, because of what it is. <laughs> long long I mean, live the sewer rat may taste like pumpkin pie. The stuff we have in our, like, sandwich meats and hot dogs is, like, even grosser than what's in haggis. Yeah, but, haggis it's, is like, but it's bland and flavorless. There you go. Yeah. yeah. If I'm going to eat organ meat, I want it to be bland. Yeah, I, just, <laughs> I don't want to taste I'm it. I want to in the dark about it. I don't think I'm eating I've never thing. had haggis, so it could be all right. You know, I've it's, never I think liver is okay. Yeah. You know, I've had that. Yes. I don't think I've had it in the U.S. I've had it while traveling, and it's like, there's like gourmet haggis out there. Yeah, it's not, good, good haggis is, uh-huh. I mean, it's like there's, uh, you know, there's fancy boutique uh, sausage that's delicious, and there's uh, Oscar ba- Mayer <laughs> ballpark franks that have been in the freezer for about seven years. Mm-hmm. Um, is that, and, so you got yeah, they're considered the same thing. Uh, is that, is that, you have to like feed the animals special food so their organs get all fatty, like you know, for the goose liver. Pet. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, there's there's a uh, 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 very morbid uh, animal cruelty involved. For it to be more delicious and tasty. Yeah. <laughs> so we've learned a lot tonight. <laughs> uh, I visited Scotland years ago. But I remember we rolled into Glasgow on a bus. I saw this billboard featuring this uh, very Scottish-looking model, red-haired young lady, and she's holding a uh, haggis dog with curry. Right on. That is but as Scottish as it gets. About yeah, as a Scottish as it gets. Haggis dog with the, you know I. I'd try a dog of anything, really. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Everything's good when it's made into a dog. dog <laughs> <laughs> a wiener form. Mm. So, so yeah, I think I think this is an outlier. Just in the, uh, you know, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's you definitely. If you listen to it, you're not going to go, "Oh my god, this is a completely different band." No, you know, I don't. I don't. I didn't the same band doing something completely different. But mm. but the kind of the you know the the kind of more noisy elements and like you said you know this is very subdued in terms of the drums and the like you know their 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 other earlier albums just seemed more rocking i guess more yeah. um raucous mm. yeah raucous is the right word i wonder what my scottish brother-in-law thinks of all this nonsense we've been talking <laughs> <laughs> he only listens to barry manilow you know now he probably likes this band yeah 
Well, is there anything else you want to add to this? The or? chain. The, the chain. Chain, <laughs> chain, chain. That's, I, I like that. I think that I'm going with that story for this, uh, the name of this band. Order yourself a Jesus and Mary chain. There you the, go. Does the timeline uh, uh, line up that they could have been named after the, the, the Fleetwood Mac? Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I guess that's yeah. early enough. Rumors came out. In, well, what? the other thing I read somewhere, I didn't get it, though. Someone, maybe a listener can can uh, respond and correct us and fix this. But I heard it had something to do with Bing Crosby, and I'm not sure how. <laughs> the, the, huh. hmm. That is confusing, but we will put it out there as a completely unconfirmed like theory. Some, something from White Christmas, maybe? I, okay. <laughs> I, you know. Hey, if it's true. Incest bondage? I don't know. I would love to know. Sacrilegious incest bondage. How, how much How much incest do you think? Well, I mean... Maybe a four? Is there a yeah. non-sacrilegious kind of incest bondage? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I'm only okay with the non-sacrilegious kind. Yes, yeah, so I'm crossed a lot with that sacrilegious kind. There you go. <laughs> So it's it's more interesting if it's left up to interpretation. Is I, I think <laughs> we've we've, uh, we, we've yes. Sometimes it's best not to explain. Yeah, it's better. You know, you don't want to know what your it's, your it's, creative. It's one of those Warshak tests. What you think it is says yeah. more about you than. Don't meet your heroes. Yeah, yes. don't don't meet your heroes. You'll be underwhelmed or grossed out. Yes, or punched in the face. There you go. Well, uh, Jonathan, how would one say want to uh, follow the lollygags if they were so inclined? Oh, that's a great question. Thank you for asking. Um, I guess you could get on the uh, social media if you heard about this. Social Go, media. Social media. It's it's apparently just as good as being social in person. From oh. what I understand. So uh, it really sucks. Yeah, I can't bring any harm. But uh, you know, we're all over that internet. There, find us on uh, you know the Facebook, the Instagram, the Twitter. Uh, I, I don't do the Twitter as much as Rick handles that, but he does a great job with it. He's the bass player. Uh, got a website? Just uh, Google us. Come see us around town and uh, look up our music. We're on all the uh, iTunes and why, even though that's going away. You know, Spotify, all that stuff the kids are doing. Yeah. You can find us. Sounds groovy. And um, do we have anything else we need to plug, want to plug? When's this coming out? Uh, like the 23rd, I think. Ooh, perfect. Gort versus Goom at where are we? Oh, Goosetown with the Gurkhas and Heat Miner on July 26. Please come to that. Please. We, we, yeah. Please. We're, it's Goosetown. We need your help. We're not quite begging you yet. But not yet, but, you know, you know stay tuned. Stay we tuned. will start begging soon enough. And um, I guess that will do it for this week. Uh, tune in next week when we try and figure out who this is. I believe we're one, I believe